Hello and welcome to the Glacier Valley Church of God. Today's podcast was recorded live on Sunday before a full church. If there's anything we can do to bless you, to pray for you, please contact us at 907-789-3605. Glacier Valley Church of God, a place of hope, a place of healing. You're looking at a man that fell on his butt twice this morning. You'd think after the second time he'd change his shoes, but nope, I'm still wearing the same shoes. So if you see me laying on the ground outside by my car, just let me be. I'm going to lay there in my own stupidity. It's so wonderful to see you folks here this morning. I know the Lord is here. If you are a visitor here, we welcome you. We thank you for joining us here this morning. We hope that you have a wonderful time. And my prayer is for the congregation, if you, if, if you find a visitor after service, find them, hug them, give them a handshake, whatever it is, make them feel welcome. You are always welcome here. So thank you for being here. So my message this morning, I don't really have a title for my message this morning. Um, that's right, Mary, thank you. I forgot to do this last time I was up here, and I want to make sure I do it this time. Kids, you can be excused. <laughs> Thank you, Mary. Man, half of you are gone now. So I don't really have a title for this message. I, I couldn't come up with a title for this message, but I think it's very important that it's a very important topic that we that we discussed this morning. Now, as you know, I'm not as much of a preacher as I am a teacher. So what you're going to get this morning, we don't know if God's going to have me preach or he's just going to have me teach. Either way, we're going to dig through scripture to see what God has for us this morning. And one of the things, I, the, the thing the Lord has placed on my heart for us to speak about is suffering. I know it doesn't sound like a, a wonderful, uplifting message, but we need to talk about suffering. We're gonna, first, we're gonna talk, we're gonna try, I'm going to try to talk about two different types of suffering this morning. First, we're going to talk about suffering for the cause of Christ. What does it mean to suffer for the cause of Christ? And then the second is just suffering in life. So... We'll see how far I get in a short amount of time. I don't want to hold you guys past 3 o'clock, so we'll go from there. So then you'll really know suffering. So suffering, suffering. I, I, I was. It, it always comes back to me. Pastor Keith, a couple of Wednesdays nights ago, had, we had talked about the book of Job and what Job had gone through and why he had gone through it. And the Lord placed on my heart that we need to talk about not just the Job uh, suffering of Job, but, but suffering for the cause of Christ. What does that mean? What does it mean that we suffer for the cause of Christ? How do we suffer for the cause of Christ? Question is, do we suffer for the cause of Christ? I have some statistics before we get into any scripture. Uh, but before we get into that, let, let's go ahead and pray over this service. 
Precious Lord, we love you so very much, and we thank you for this opportunity once again, Lord, to come into your presence, where we can learn from you, where we can grow, where we can strengthen, Lord, where we can, we can unite as a body of Christ for your glory and for your honor. We come here this morning with open hearts and open minds to receive the wisdom and the knowledge that you have for us. And we ask you, Lord Jesus, to help us to receive it with open hearts, with open minds, with, with open arms, Lord. Lord, because all we want is every single day that we walk this earth is to draw closer to you, to be more like you. And this morning we pray, Lord, that you would teach us how to do that. We thank you for all of this in Jesus' wonderful and powerful name. Amen. Suffering. Suffering for Christ. We also call that persecution. We know that there is persecution all over the world. But how much do we know? How much of persecution is going on today? See, when we hear persecution for the cause of Christ, automatically we go back to the book of Acts and we think about the times of the apostles and what they went through and think that it ended after that, but it didn't. It didn't. There continues to be sufferings for the cause of Christ today. And I have some statistics to tell you about. That I, I looked this up when the Lord had given me this this to talk about, I looked up statistics to see how worldwide, what kind of suffering Christians go through in this here today. So first, worldwide, one in seven Christians are persecuted. Worldwide, one in seven are persecuted. Out of that, one out of five Christians suffer for the cause of Christ in Africa. Two, out of every five Christians suffer for the cause of Christ in Asia. Last year, 5,621 Christians perished for the cause of Christ worldwide. 5,621. That works out to just over 15 Christians every day losing their lives because they took a stand and they said, I believe in Jesus. 15 people who, who under, under the pain of death, refused to deny Christ. Just over 15 every day. Last year, 2,110 churches were attacked. 2,110 churches worldwide were attacked for their belief in Christ because they, they chose to have church services like this. So, 4,542 Christians last year were detained by law enforcement just because they were Christians, just because they're believers. So, suffering for the cause of Christ, it's happening every day. It's happening every day. Among the countries where the heaviest of persecutions are happening are places like Nigeria, places like Libya, Sudan, Somalia, Yemen, Iran, Afghanistan, Pakistan, India, Bangladesh, and North Korea. Those are where the heaviest persecutions are happening, where people are being detained, churches are being attacked, people are being murdered, people are being persecuted for their Christianity because they decided that they were going to stand up and say, I believe that Jesus is real. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe that Jesus died on the cross and rose again three days later so that we all might be saved. 
people who believe in Jesus and stood up and say, I believe in John 3.16, are being persecuted every single day because of that. Because of that. And don't think that we are exempt. We're not exempt. It's coming to the United States. I can promise you that it's coming to the United States. I just saw an article a little while ago. I think it was a couple weeks ago about a teacher, a school teacher, an elementary school teacher up in Fairbanks who put on her Facebook that she had been filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. The very next day, police showed up to her doorstep, arrested her, and took her to a mental institute because she proclaimed on Facebook that she was a believer, that she believed in Jesus, that she was filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. It's coming. We see it all over the United States. I just saw an article this morning. Remember that uh, bakery down in Oregon that refused to make, make a cake for a homosexual couple and how the government shut them down. They fined them and, and all this other stuff and they got all the way to the Supreme Court and they won their case in the Supreme Court. Well, now that same bakery is under attack again because they refused to bake a cake for a, a, a family who wants to celebrate the fact that their child is transgender. You believe that? It's happening. It's happening. Persecution is starting to happen all over the United States. I heard a story of a man in China, a missionary in China, many, many, many years ago. I don't know how long ago. Uh, Pastor Phil may know this story. This man was, was preaching the gospel in communist China in a small village. And the authorities got wind of it. Because, you know, in China, it's illegal to be a Christian. So they have underground churches. So this, this, this uh, missionary was doing this, and they caught him. And he had a choice. Either uh, be taken out of the country, you got to go home, or if you decide to stay, you can't say a single word. So he stayed there for 20 years, going about his business, doing everything, and he couldn't speak a word to anybody. So how did he share the gospel? How did he share Christ? He shared it through his love and his compassion, through his persistence, through all these things he did. And when the, the regime had fallen in that city and he was released from that punishment, many people in that village felt the boldness now to come to the Lord. They came to the Lord because he refused to give up on them. That type of persecution, there is persecution. Are we ready for it? Are we ready for it? In Acts chapter 5, verse 41. In Acts chapter 5, verse 41. I generally read from the New American Standard Version. But I'll give you folks a chance to look it up in your Bibles as well. While you're looking up Acts chapter 5, verse 41, and a little bit of background. Christians had just been filled with the Holy Spirit. They just had the upper room experience and the, and the gospel and Christianity was just exploding in Jerusalem and, and around the, the, the vicinity. And Christians were getting pulled in and they were starting to get persecuted. They started to get persecuted because they refused to give up their ability to, to preach the gospel, to tell the good news, to let them know that Jesus is real. So they suffered. 
They went through real persecution. They were imprisoned. They were beaten. They were doing all these things to, to these Christians. And then we come to Acts 5.41. What do you think that their uh, response would have been? Naturally, our response would be, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like pain. Anybody in here like pain? I don't like pain. Pain is not fun. But they were suffering real pain for the cause of Christ. So the natural man, what would you think the natural man would, would respond to? They would probably respond to obedience, right? Obedience to, to what they're saying. Okay, I'm not going to preach the gospel anymore. I'm not going to say anything about Jesus anymore. I'm going to deny him kind of like Peter did uh, the night Jesus was, was being um, beaten and all that other stuff. But no, that wasn't their response. It's the exact opposite of what the world thinks that our response should be. Acts 5.41 says, So they went on their way from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they had been considered worthy to suffer shame for his name. In another verse, uh, version, it says they, were, uh, they went on their way and they, they rejoiced because they were found worthy to suffer for the cause of Christ. They were found worthy to do it. Because remember, Jesus said that that was going to happen to us, right? He said it was going to happen. He said, if they hate you, how much more are they going to hate, or they hate me, how much more are they going to hate you because of me? Jesus said that. But he also said, don't worry about it, because I've overcome the world. He said, don't worry about it. So that, that was their response. How do we respond to that? How is our response, are we ready when real persecution starts to come our way? Are we ready? I remember I, I was a missionary in Eastern Europe. And this was very shortly after uh, communism had fallen in, in Eastern Europe. Uh, I had done gone over there and spent a year as a missionary in Eastern Europe, and I met a lot of Christians. I met a lot of Christians who were, who were believers even during communism. So that meant that they had to uh, worship in underground churches. These are Christians that suffered real persecution. They, they were imprisoned for their faith. I had the opportunity to go to a um, hard labor camp to see where Christians were sent because they refused to renounce Christ. They were sent to hard labor camps out, way out in the wilderness. It took us about three hours of driving on very windy roads. And if you get car sick, you wouldn't have made it. It was really bad, very far out there. And the, this hard labor camp had no fences, had no guards per se. It was because it was so far out in the wilderness, if you decided to try to escape on foot, you would never survive getting, out, getting, getting to civilization. It was that bad. But I met people that had gone through that, who'd gone through that type of persecution. I saw a house where when the government comes in and shuts down an underground church, they'll, they'll brick up a door. They'll break up the door and they'll put a, a government seal on there and that seal cannot be broken. I saw a house that had 17 of those all around the house. Every time the government would come in and seal up a door, they would open another one. They weren't going to stop worshiping the Lord just because the government was coming against them. They loved the Lord that much. How much do we love, love the Lord here in the United States? Where is our relationship with Jesus today? How strong is our relationship with Jesus today? Because I can promise you, if this type of persecution comes down today, are we ready? 
Are we ready? The only way we would be ready is if you have worked very hard on your personal, one-on-one, intimate, unique relationship with Jesus Christ. That's the only way you're going to be ready. That's the only way you're going to be ready. So, let's go to our next verse. Our next verse. I have notes here. Well, my notes are not conventional because, as you guys know, I have ADHD, so it's a lot of fun. All right, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9. This is also talking about suffering for Christ. And this is the Apostle Paul who went probably through more persecution than any man alive except for Jesus. He suffered for the cause of Christ, but he's able to say these words. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 8 and 9, it says, We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed. Perplexed, but not despairing. Persecuted, but not abandoned. Struck down, but not destroyed. This world will be able to do whatever they want to us physically, but they'll never be able to take Jesus out of our hearts. They won't be able to do that. I met one Christian in Eastern Europe who had been severely, severely persecuted for his belief in Christ. I mean, severely. He was beaten, and he was, you know, all the things that you can think of, he was tortured, and no matter what they did to him, he would not renounce Christ. And I asked him, how did you endure that? And I asked, I asked him, really, for a lot of the Christians, because a lot of the Christians over there went through a great deals of persecution. And I said, how do you guys follow Jesus? And the response was, was this. He, he said, the government can do whatever they want to, to us. They can do, they can torture us, they can do whatever they want to us. They can take away our, our belongings, they can make us homeless, they can make us starve, they can do all these things. But one thing that they cannot do is they cannot control our relationship with Jesus. That's what they said. So where are we today, here in the United States? I know we haven't really suffered that type of persecution, but you do suffer, don't you? You do suffer for the cause of Christ in your own ways, in your homes, right? By your family members. When I first got saved, my biggest persecutor was my dad, believe it or not. But two years later, the Lord brought him back to, to, to Christianity. But he was my biggest persecutor. He would, he would make fun of me. He would mock me. On Sundays, rather than go out fishing with him, I would come here. And he hated that. He hated that with a passion. And he would make fun of me and yell at me and scream at me and mock me and say, well, see if they'll feed you. I said, Dad, they probably would. He said, uh, you know, he would, and, but with prayer and fasting. Two years later, he gave his heart to the Lord. You know, my biggest persecutor, but, but because I didn't respond with vitriol, because I didn't respond with hatred, because I didn't respond with anger, because I responded with love and compassion, and I never gave up on him. He came to the Lord. The overseer of the country of Bulgaria was sent to, to a hard labor camp, and that's the camp I went to look at. And he spent 18 months there in a hard labor camp, just with a, with a pickaxe or a sledgehammer breaking rocks. 
That's what they did. But while he was in the hard labor camp, he, he continued to share the love of Christ with anybody that would listen. And lo and behold, by the time he was let out, guess who he had led to Christ? He was able to lead to Christ the, um, the leader of the uh, security guards there at the prison camp. He took every opportunity to share the love of Christ. And even in the worst situation where he was torn away from his family, where he was uh, probably beaten by the, by the guards and all that stuff, you know, where he had to go out every day and work 10, 12 hours a day slinging a hammer on rocks every single day for 18 months, he still had the presence of mind and the relationship with Jesus to share the gospel with the guards. And the leader of the guards, the head of the guards, actually gave his heart to the Lord towards the end. Praise the Lord. So, yes, we're afflicted in every way. Yeah, we're, we're afflicted in every way. But we're not crushed. We can't be crushed. We're perplexed. Yeah, things go crazy. And we don't understand what's going on sometimes. But we're not despairing. Yes, we're persecuted. But we're not abandoned. So even uh, in the depths of the heaviest persecution that we could ever suffer, Jesus is still with us because we are not abandoned. He is with us. He's with us. Yeah, we may be struck down. We may be hit and knocked to our knees or knocked on our back or whatever, but we're not destroyed. We cannot be destroyed. Why? Because of our relationship with Jesus. That's why. And because Jesus has given us a wonderful and amazing gift in the power of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that resides within us gives us everything that we need to endure all of these things and still be able to love the world the way Jesus loved the world. Remember, Jesus suffered more than any man alive and he was still able to pray for the world while he was nailed to the cross. How much more should we pray for those who persecute us? How much more should we pray for those who make fun of us because of our Christianity? How much more should we pray and love and show compassion to those who come against us in every possible way simply because we believe in Jesus? We need to stand up, and that only comes in our relationship with Jesus. Praise the Lord. In 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 and 17, this is encouragement here. This is great encouragement for what we, what we may go through in this world before Jesus comes back. We know the rapture is happening, right? We know the rapture is happening. For those of you who don't know what the rapture is, it's when Jesus comes back and takes his body, his bride, with him up to heaven. In a moment, in a twinkle of an eye, we're going to be gone. Jesus is coming back and he's going to take us all away before, before the tribulation starts to happen. He's coming back for us. So, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 and 17 says this, Therefore we do not lose heart. But though our outer person is decaying, yet our inner person is being renewed day by day. Even though our physical bodies are breaking down, it doesn't matter because our spirits, our souls are being renewed every single day because of Jesus Christ, because of the Holy Spirit that resides within us. All of us, our bodies are breaking down. It's unfortunate. It's not something I, I, I appreciate. 
you know, but it's happening. It's happening. In the last few years, I've had had surgery a couple times. Two days before Christmas this last year, I had to go in for an emergency appendectomy. Because my body is deciding that it doesn't want that appendix anymore, so it says, cut me out. You know, our bodies are breaking down. Our bodies are breaking down, but our spirits isn't. Why? Because in Christ, our spirit is eternal. In Christ, our spirits are eternal. We have eternal life in Christ. So it doesn't matter what happens to these body, to this physical body. It doesn't matter. So, but though our inner person is decaying, yet our inner person is being renewed day by day. For our momentary light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all comparison. There is no way for us to compare it to anything on this earth. Remember, this is the Apostle Paul writing this, who had gone through more persecution and more hardship than any man saved for Jesus. And he's able to say that for our momentary light affliction, what is our momentary light affliction doing for us? Well, it's producing for us an eternal weight of glory far beyond all com comparison. Another, ver another version says far beyond all comprehension. It means we can't even comprehend what the Lord has for us in heaven. And when we have that in mind and we have that in our hearts, knowing that one day we're going to be up in heaven with our Lord and Savior, and the fact that we can't even comprehend what it's going to be like up there, what is the light and momentary things that we suffer on this earth compared to that? That's what the Apostle Paul is saying. Yeah, we're going to go through persecution. Yeah, we're going to go through all these things because we believe in Jesus. But what is that suffering compared to what's awaiting for us in heaven? What is awaiting for us in heaven? No more pain, right? No more hurt. No more heartache. No more bodies breaking down, right? No more creaky knees. <laughs> no more cracking backs, <laughs> right? It's going to be amazing. Everything is going to be brand new. It's going to be new. It's going to be different. It's going to be eternal. So what is... Compared to what we, we, we suffer on this earth, what is that compared to eternity with God in heaven? Can you imagine we're going to be walking on streets of gold? Streets of gold. You know what people do on this earth for gold? You can watch the Discovery Channel or the History Channel. You can see all these shows of all these folks doing all these weird and crazy and dangerous things just for an ounce of gold. We're going to be walking on it. And you think about the gates, gates of heaven that are made of one humongous pearl, right? And what people do on this earth for all, all of these earthly riches that's not going to last for eternity. But we're going to be walking all the, on these things. Imagine that. Compare that to the light momentary suffering that we have on this earth. What is that compared to eternity in heaven? Right? I mean... There's no comparison. So how do, how do we, how do we uh, approach that? In Romans chapter 8, verse 18, 
And this is again the Apostle Paul talking about what he's gone through. He says, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory that is to be revealed in us. Think about that. He says, I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not even worthy to be compared. There's no comparison. He said, yeah, I'm going through these problems. Yeah, I'm going through these issues. Yeah, I'm, I'm being persecuted for my belief in Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm going through all these sufferings. But what is that compared? Compared with the glory that is to be revealed to us. He's talking about what's, revealing, what's revealed to us in heaven. Because remember, we can't even comprehend what heaven's going to be like. We can't comprehend. We may have an idea. But that idea pales in comparison to the reality of what heaven is really like and what God has for us in heaven thanks to his, his son, Jesus Christ. His son, Jesus Christ. So, yes, we're going to suffer persecution. Yeah, we're going to be made fun of because of our Christianity. Yeah, we're going to be mocked. Yeah, we're going to go, we may suffer physical persecution, but that's okay. That's okay because... There's one thing that we stand on is what God has promised us in the hereafter. That's what we stand on. That's what we believe in. That's what we put our hope in. So they can do whatever they want to this physical body. But one thing they can't touch is our relationship with Jesus. They can't affect that. They can't affect that. Praise the Lord. I'm trying to make sure I go through my notes, my scriptures correctly. I think, I think, let me make sure I'm right here. Yeah, I'm, I'm on track. Okay. <laughs> okay. Romans chapter 8, verses 35 through 39. These are all scriptures encouraging us and letting us know that, yeah, we're going to be going through these things, but yes, Jesus is with us, and it doesn't matter. They can do whatever they want. So Romans 8, 35 through 39 says, Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will tribulation, or trouble, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or danger, or sword, just as it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We were regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. But in all these things, we overwhelmingly conquer through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Paul is telling us that no matter what happens to us, there's nothing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. He loves us. He's with us. No matter what, he is with us. He never leaves us. He never forsakes us. And when we suffer, he knows about it. And what, how we suffer and how we respond to the suffering, he sees and he blesses and he cares about. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 14, 1 Peter 
Says, but, he says, but even if you should suffer for the sake of righteousness, you are blessed. You're blessed. And do not fear their intimidation and do not be troubled. He's saying, yes, you're going to go through these things as believers of Jesus Christ. You're going to go through these things. You're going to be persecuted. You're going to be made fun of. You may be beaten. You may be physically harmed in one way or the other. You may even lose your life because you choose to say that I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. And Paul is saying, I'm sorry, Peter is saying, that after you have suffered for a little while, yeah, it's a little while that we go through this. He says, and God of all grace who called you to his eternal glory in Christ will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. He's with you. He's with you. So even if you go through all of these things, this is the promise that we have. When we accepted Jesus as our Lord and our Savior, God did not promise us an easy life. Quite the opposite. Quite the opposite. If we believe in Christ, the world does not love the truth. In fact, the world hates the truth so much that they nailed the truth to a cross. We stand for that truth. So the world is going to hate us and do everything they can to shut that truth down. But they cannot. They cannot. Because we are blessed. We are blessed. Just as this verse here says, 1 Peter 5.10, After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ, will himself perfect, confirm, strengthen, and establish you. Imagine that. He himself will perfect you. He himself will confirm you. He himself will strengthen you. He'll give you the strength to endure whatever it is that the enemy comes against you with. He'll give you the strength to endure it. And he'll establish you. He'll establish you. Praise the Lord. So that's what it's like suffering for the cause of Christ. Yeah, we're going to suffer, but there are blessings behind it. There are blessings behind it as long as we remain faithful to him. Because remember, he said, if you, if you confess me before men, I will confess you before my father. If you deny me before men, I will deny you before my father. He said that. And the world is going to do everything they can to get you to make that denial. Satan is going to do everything that he can. Remember, Satan knows his word better than you do. He knows it better than us. He's going to try to use it against us, right? He's going to try to use it against us, but we remain faithful. We remain faithful to the Lord, no matter what, and he'll bless us. He'll bless you. So although my message this morning comes with a warning, it also comes with a blessing, with an encouragement. The warning is, yeah, we're going to suffer for Christ, especially in these last days. Think about how little time we have left. And how much the devil knows that there is such little time left. That's why we've seen in the last several years the explosion of evil around this world. We've seen it. We've seen it in our own country. Just an explosion of all kinds of evil in this world because the devil knows that there is a short time left. There's not much time left. So what is he going after in these last days? He's going after our children. 
He's trying to pervert our children. He's trying to dirty our children. He's doing everything that he can. You see now that, the, that there, are, um, there are efforts out to really to normalize pedophilia. We all know what pedophilia is, and they're trying to normalize it. We see evil on such an, a huge scale. We know that we're in the last days. So we know that the persecution is coming our way. We know it. Are we ready? Are you ready? Where is your relationship with the Lord? How important is, is Jesus to you? How important is your relationship with Jesus to you? These are, these are answers that you have to uh, answer for yourself. That's a question that you have to answer within yourself. How important is Jesus to me? Do I read his word? Do I study his word? Do I talk to him every day? Do I listen to him every day? Do I rely on him for wisdom and knowledge on a daily basis? Where is my relationship with Jesus? For those of you who are married, you've been married for quite some time, right? Pastor Phil, you've been married how long? 53 years. Married 53 years. You think at some point they just stop talking to each other? No, they communicate with each other every day. They talk to each other. They work on their relationship every single day. They make their relationship with one another uh, a priority, the priority in their life to, to love each other. They choose to love each other every single day, and that's how they can last 53 years. I'm not even 53 yet. <laughs> so that's a long time, isn't it? <laughs> But how do we, how do we have, how important is our relationship with Jesus then? Right? Where is that priority in our relationship with Jesus? How important is it to us? Right? Do we, do we make sure, do we make that a priority in our lives every single day? Do we set out to learn more about him every single day? This is how you learn about our Lord and Savior every single day. Do we talk to him every single day? Do we talk to him? Do we listen to him? Do we work on that relationship? Because I promise you this, if you make that a priority in your life, more important than anything else in your life, you'll be able to endure whatever this world throws at you. No matter what it is, you'll be able to endure it, and you'll come out as more than conquerors, more than conquerors through Christ. Right? Praise the Lord. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 9 and 10. Yeah, we suffer in this life. Not just persecution, but things happen in our lives, right? Things happen in our lives where we suffer. We suffer sickness. We suffer illness. We go through uh, problems uh, financially. We go through problems in our families. You know, life isn't perfect, is it? Life isn't perfect. But Paul says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 12, 9, he says, and he has said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For power is perfected in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, I will rather boast about my weaknesses so that the power of Christ may dwell in me. He says, yeah, I, 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 I'm weak. 
He said, but I glory in that weakness because I know that, that in my weakness that the power of God has more ability to flow through me because of my weakness. Because I get to a point where I can step aside and God receives all the glory because I don't have any power to do any of what I'm doing. But God has power as I make myself available to him. He has the power to do it through me. Right? He has a power to do it through you no matter where you are in your life. No matter what's going on in your life, you have the power through God, through the Holy Spirit, to not only endure it, but to be more than conquerors. So glory in your weakness. See, that's the opposite of what the world has for us, right? That's the, uh, that's the exact opposite, say, of MMA. <laughs> right, Randy? Or boxing. Right? It's the exact opposite. But Paul is saying, you go out there and you glory in your weakness because in that weakness, God can truly work through you. And he receives all of the glory for that. In Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Now, this, at this time, the Apostle Paul is going through prison. He's in prison because of his faith. And these aren't like prisons today where you get a pool table you know, or, or, or a racquetball court, a swimming pool, where you get three square meals a day, you know, you get a bed and a blanket and a, and, and a mattress. That wasn't like it. It wasn't like that. So Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 13. I'll wait for that to come up on the screen. Philippians chapter 4, verses 11 through 18 says, Not that I speak from want, for I have learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Verse 12. It says, I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I have learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Verse 13 is so important. I can do all th things through him who strengthens me. Now, that's not saying that you can go out and lift boulders and throw, you know, trains and, and do whatever you want in Jesus' name. No, this scripture is most often taken out of context. Because that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about what this world throws at us. Paul is saying, I know what it's like to be hungry. I know what it's like to, to, to have an empty stomach. I know the pain and the hurt that comes when you're hungry. Side note, I'm always hungry. But I, he's saying, I know what it's like to go hungry. I know what it's like to have a full stomach. He says, I know what it's like to have nothing. To lose everything. He says, I know what it's like to be in abundance. He said, but I've learned the secret. I've learned the secret of how to be content no matter what my situation in life is. I know what the, how to be content because I can do all things. I can endure all of these things through Christ who strengthens me. It doesn't matter what I go through in this life. I can endure it because of Jesus. I can endure it because of my relationship with Jesus. And no matter what I go through on this earth, I can hold on. I cannot give up because Jesus is with me. That's the secret. That's the secret he, saw, he talked about. That's the secret. That no matter what suffering we go through on this earth, because we have Jesus, we can endure it. 
we can endure it. Last, uh, no, Isaiah 40, 31. This should be a very familiar scripture to everybody. Isaiah 40, 31. Very, very, very familiar to everybody. He said, yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. They will mount up with wings like eagles. They will run and not get tired. They will walk and not become weary. Notice the first part of that scripture is so very important. Yet those who wait for the Lord. Now, no secret here, I have ADHD. I hate to wait. When I was a little kid, my parents would tell me to do something, and halfway through the instruction, I'm already running, taking off. I don't know what the rest of the instruction was. So a lot of times, my parents would just sit there patiently and wait for me to come back so I can get the rest of the instruction. Right? And that's what we do in life, isn't it? We think that we have the answer to whatever issues that we're going through, and we never wait for the Lord. That's the, that's the secret there. That's, a, that's something the Lord wants us to understand. Yet those who wait for the Lord will gain new strength. Right? It's our waiting on Him so that no matter what we go through on this earth, He is with us. He gives us that strength if we wait on Him. Because his ways are so much higher than our ways, right? His wisdom is so much greater than our wisdom. His knowledge is so much more than our knowledge. Why not wait on him who has the answer, right? Just wait on him. Finally, Revelation. We've talked about what it's like to suffer for the cause of Christ. We've talked about what it's like to suffer in this life and what God has for us. You know what all that suffering creates within us? testimony testimony you have testimony you may some of you may not think that you have testimony you have testimony whatever you have endured you've endured in Christ and you're still here you're still sitting in this church you've survived it whatever it was however bad it was no matter how hard it was and you didn't think that you would make it through it you're here today you may be going through something today that you don't think you're going to survive, but I promise you, you'll survive. Through Christ, he'll, he'll make you survive. You'll be more than conquerors. You'll be more than conquerors. So you are gaining testimony. You have a testimony. There's power in testimony. Persecution, suffering creates a testimony. That testimony helps others. So in Revelation 12, 11, it says, And they overcame because of the blood of the Lamb and because of the word of their testimony. Your testimony will help other folks overcome. Your testimony of what God has brought you through will help others trust in the Lord and help them overcome. So they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. And they did not love their life even when faced with death. Why? Because we understand and we know what's waiting for us in eternity. That's what's waiting for us. That's what's waiting for us. So, contrary to what the world thinks is an encouraging message, this was meant to be an encouragement to you. Not just a warning, but an encouragement that as you rely on Jesus, as you rely on Christ and rely on the power of the Holy Spirit, it doesn't matter what happens to us on this earth. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. 
doesn't matter what they do to us. doesn't matter what we go through. Because in Christ, we know what's waiting for us in eternity. And we can have that testimony of Paul who said, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Praise the Lord. So I hope this has been an encouragement to you. I hope it's been an encouragement to you. God loves you. And he's with you no matter what. Would you stand with me? Precious Lord, we love you so very much. We thank you for such an encouraging word. A reminder, Lord, that you are with us, that you never leave us, you never forsake us. And more than that, Lord, you are in control of everything that we go through, Lord. You are in control. No matter how hard it is in our lives, no matter how insurmountable those, those barriers seem that we, won't, we just don't think that we can break through them, you remove them for us as we trust in you. Thank you for such encouragement. Thank you, Lord, for such love. And I pray, Lord, that your blessings be on every person here this morning. Let them leave here understanding and knowing that they don't leave here alone. Let them leave here with the understanding, Lord, that you are with them, that you are, you are guiding them on their path. And as they trust in you, that they, they will be blessed. Maybe not on this earth, but eternally they will be blessed. We praise and worship you for all of this in Jesus' wonderful and powerful name. Amen. Who's closing? Is that Richard? Richard, come and close us in prayer, please. God bless you. Let's pray. Expecting something to happen. Whether they learned something or they got touched by you, Lord. They were healed. Anything. Thank you for listening to our service. Be sure to catch the video edition of this on either YouTube or Facebook Live. Again, if you need prayer, contact us at 907-789-3605. May God richly bless you in all things.